Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. While reading the scriptures this week, I I saw something that really, really blessed me. And my prayer today is that the Holy Spirit will help me to share and reveal this truth that God gave to me. Not just to me, but I just saw it. How many of you ever read the Bible and say, I never saw that before? You know, I, I, you know I, it's there. And this, this is such a very familiar passage of Scripture, one of my favorite passages. And as I was reading again this week, I said, my goodness. And I began to look back and check it and see some things. And man, it was so awesome. Two weeks from today is Father's Day. And Pastor Scott will be preaching that morning. And uh, he's uh, out of town attending a wedding. And, uh, but he has my permission to take this same passage and preach it the way it's supposed to be preached. Since he'll be preaching on Father's Day. But I want to start kind of near the middle of our passage and start at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to be reading, as I've already said, one of my favorite stories in in extensive, but just something that really hit me this week, starting with verse 14 and 15 of chapter 3. For this reason, this Paul speaking, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. The Father. Now, that word there is patera. And I think we can understand that that, from that Greek word, we get a lot of our names, parents. But it means patera. And it literally means this. Nourisher, protector, or upholder. Let me say that again. Our nourisher, protector, upholder. We do have a good, good, good father. He is our protector, our nourisher, our upholder. And then he goes on and says, from whom every family. Now, there's at least two words that are translated family in the Bible, maybe more than that. But the first one is oikos, which means a household, a household. In other words, that I'm the father of my household. But then there's this word that is patria. Basically from the same root word as father. It's a form of the word and it means a family or a tribe. A family or tribe. He says from whom every family or every tribe is connected together. And I know some of you are saying, well, what's so exciting about that? What's so exciting about being a part of a family? Being a part of serving and having a God that is a protector, a nourisher, and an upholder. I can tell you, for me, it's an awesome, awesome truth, Gators. I read that this week. I said, man, God is my father. He's my father. Let's go back to the beginning of the, cha- chapter, or the book, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. 
Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, a lot of us kind of cringe when we see that word saint because we think, well, I can never live up to being a saint. I can tell you that's misconstrued. The reality of a saint is anyone that's a child of God, we become a saint of God. We're his children. Then it goes on to say, grace to you. How many is glad that God's extended grace to you? And peace to you from God, our Father. There's that word. Our nourisher, our protector, our upholder, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you didn't get it, but he is our nourisher, our protector, our upholder. And again, some people say, well, that doesn't apply to me. Well, if you're a believer, it does. If you're a believer, God is your father. Now, I know there are people in the world today, and we've got a misconstrued society. There are some people say, well, God's everybody's father. No, he's not. The Bible plainly says there's only one way to become a child of God, and we must be born again through believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that he's been resurrected from the dead. It says, as many as received him, to them gave you power to come, not just because you were born uh, to this earth. How many knows that just because you were born in Florida, that that you're a brother of Gator. Just because you were born in the hospital doesn't mean that everybody in the hospital is your brother. We become a child of God by believing that Jesus is a Christ. And man, as we begin to say that, see, so we're his family. We're his family. Let's read on. This is good. I hope you get the truth of it. Blessed be the God and Father. And I say, say, wait a minute. I'm not in the family. Listen. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So even before your parents thought of you, before your parents were even born, God thought of you. Before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless and before him. In love, he predestined us. Now, I want to clarify something. Some people have the idea that we're predestined to be saved or predestined to be lost. I do not believe that. The Bible says for, it's his desire that everyone be saved. So when Jesus died for the world, he died for the world. He died for all mankind. And he, uh, but he's predestined us for the adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Did you get that? God is your father. As sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, from which he has blessed us in the beloved, that word's capitalized, because he blessed us in Christ. In him, we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Aren't you glad it's his grace because some of your grace is run out? But he's got a riches of grace that's unending. And we're converted by the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery to his purpose, which he set forth 
in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance. Having predestined, there's that word again. I told the 8 o'clock service this morning that I'm one of seven children. And whenever uh, my dad died, I wasn't the oldest, but the, uh, it fell to me to be the administrator of his will. It didn't take long. It didn't take long. But I administrated it. Matter of fact, because there were seven kids and what he had couldn't be equally divided among seven, I got a penny less than everybody else. I'll never forgive him for that. I had to do all the work and got a penny less. Well, but you know, who's going to argue over a penny? I'd rather give them the penny than have a uh, falling out in the family. You say, that wouldn't happen for a penny. Yeah, it would. But I have an inheritance. You and I have an inheritance. Oh, it is so good. Drop down to verse 17. Verse 9 to 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ... The Father, now what does that word Father mean? He's the one that takes care of us. He's the provider. He's our Father. The Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance of the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. What's he saying? He said, you've got an inheritance. You've got an inheritance. Now, I have to be careful how I say this. I'm not telling you that you're little Jesus. But you're joint heirs with Jesus. And gave him as a head over all these things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I don't know if you caught that while ago when we talked about the adoption into the family. We've been adopted into a family. We're his family. We're his heirs. We're under his protection. We're being nourished and we're upheld by none other than our heavenly father. Now, you say, well, that's for believers. That's right. We're believers and we believe that. Now, if you're not a believer, you can't take that. I'm not condemning you. I'm not making fun of you. I'm not criticizing you. I'm just stating a fact that you are not a child of God just because you were born in America. Just you, because you where you were born. The only way we become a child of God is through believing on him. By believing on him, that makes him our father. Now, for those of us that are Christians, that ought to be exciting to you. I said, that ought to be exciting to you. We sang that a while ago, and we're probably singing it later. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. He adopted us. I won't tell you. If I was in the need of adopting somebody, I've looked at some of you, and you probably wouldn't be it. Just Just saying. But a God said, I'll adopt all of you. He walks into the adoption agency that we call Earth, and he says, I'll take them all. I'll take them all. Any of them that want to come to me, I will in no wise cast them out. 
Say, come to me. I want to adopt you. Now, that's exciting. That's exciting. And you say, well, what about those that are not believers? Well, I got good news for you. Notice what it says. And you were dead in the trespasses and sin, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature or by, by birth children of wrath. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God. Oh. But God. But God. Whenever you feel like you were a nobody and nothing and you were, what did they say? Following the prince of the power of the air. Now, I know this doesn't preach good and it's not politically correct. And most people disagree with me. But, I, uh, but I, somebody sent me an article this morning. Last night, I read it early this morning. That talked about the fact that asked the question. That asked the question. This was a question. I wrote it down. Can kids be good without God? And the professor that wrote this article says they certainly can, maybe even better. And it talks about the fact that in our society that we are getting so much better. Yeah, you heard me right. We're getting so much better because we have forgotten Christendom. The further we get away from the church, before we further we get away from God, the better we're getting. I mean, have you, have you noticed that? How good we're getting? I mean, you know, we just get you know, so much better. But that was the article says, is America becoming more uh, anti-God? And the statement was, yes, they are. And that's beneficial for America. That's the concept. But, but then, now see, what, what it said here is they're following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Now, before y'all get too haughty, all of us were there. I said, all of us were there. But God, he adopted him. And listen, I want to tell you, if he'll take Gator, he'll take any of you. Amen. Isn't that right, Gator? If he'll take us, he'll take you. you He tells you, he said, but God... Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly realms of Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you catch that? says, your heavenly father, not your earthly father. Your earthly father might have been like mine. Didn't have much to give me. And if he'd had it, he still wouldn't have given. But he said, I want to give it to you. So that in coming ages... That means not just while you're here in this life. We got a father that's going to reward us through eternity. 
that in ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For grace have you been saved through faith, and that is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God. Now listen. When you were brought home from the hospital, or maybe it's like me, I was born at home. But you were brought home from the hospital. You said, look at me. Look what I am. You say, no, that's, that's, that's childish. That's, you know, you, you didn't look at it. Yet. That's, you had nothing to do with it. Guess what? You're right. You had nothing to do with your physical birth. And you had nothing to do with your spiritual birth. It's by the grace of God. But except the fact that you accepted his invitation to be adopted. You accepted the invitation. And it's not your own doing. Is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. One translation says, so that he's working on a masterpiece. So just imagine that God came into this adoption agency we call earth, walked through it and says, I'll take them all. And I see in you, and you, and you, and you, and you, I see something great. I see a masterpiece. Now, it's going to take some work, but I'm going to do that through the grace of God. I'm going to take you, and I'm going to adopt you, and you're going to be my son. You're going to be my daughter. Now, that ought to get you excited because God saw in you something special when you had nothing to do with it. But God do it. Wow, I'd like to spend a more time on that, but I can't. So let's go to verse 18, chapter 2, verse 18. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. There's a Father, the one that takes care of us, the one that nurtures us. So that when you're no longer strangers and aliens... But your fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, we call that the church, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, and whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, and him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. Say, well, Pastor, I don't understand that. You're not supposed to. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Let's drop down. Chapter 3, verse 2. Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. This is Paul speaking. He said, God gave me grace so that I can minister to you how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I have written briefly. Now, what was the revelation? We don't have time to go there. But let me just remind you that Paul was on his road to Damascus when he had a divine revelation. He was saying that Jesus was not of God. He was putting all the Christians to death. He was charging them with all kinds of crimes. He had an issue of the rest for any Christians that he wanted to have arrested. But God, on his way to Damascus, revealed that's revelation, revealed himself to Paul. 
So some of us, we're on our way to an eternal hell. And one day God's grace revealed himself to us. Not because we deserved it, not because we were better, but all of a sudden he said, I want to adopt you. And we had a choice to uh, accept that revelation or reject it. And if we accepted it, he said, you're my child. I adopt you. I'll take you just the way you are. Paul says, I uh, received that revelation, which was not made known to the sons of man in other generations, as it has been now be revealed to his holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is, this is the mystery, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This is the mystery that God says, I want all of them, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles as well, not just the good, but even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us that we might become believers and be accepted into the body of Christ, that he would become our heavenly father. Can you say amen? Amen. Oh, glory to God. He would say that. Go down to, as we continue reading. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be now made manifest to the rulers and to the authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ, that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence. You know, the book of Hebrews said we can come to the throne of grace. How? Boldly. Where do we get that boldness? Where do we get that boldness? Well, we get it from faith, but the, the fact we get their faith from the realization that God's our Father. And it tells us in Galatians, we can call him what? Abba, Father. The best translation we have for that, we can call him Daddy. Hey, Daddy, I need something. We can approach the throne of grace boldly. I mentioned already that we didn't have anything. But I never went to my daddy and asked him for something. He didn't give it to me. If I needed something, when I was in high school, I was very, very active in FFA. There were times that I couldn't work, so I was running out of money. I didn't have any money, and I was going away for a school trip. Adrian might not give me much, but I never went to my dad and said, Dad, can I have a few bucks? He gave it to me. Did I want to ask him for it? No, because I knew he didn't have it. Sometimes we're bashful about asking our Heavenly Father for something. But can I remind you that He owns the cattle of a thousand hills? You're not going to bankrupt Him at all. It, we have access with confidence through our faith in Him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering you, which is your glory. He said, we have a Father that loves us. For this reason, verse 14, I bow my knees before the Lord from whom every family... In heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory. Catch that? Riches of his glory. Now the reality there, used to be an old song that says, God would bankrupt heaven for us. 
God doesn't have to bankrupt heaven because he owns all of heaven. He has it all. And he's better than the government at producing money. Just say it. His is backed by all the authority in heaven. I'm not sure what ours is backed by anymore. I, I shouldn't have went there. I'm sorry. Just messed up a good sermon. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that in Christ, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and the height and the depth. What's he talking about? He wants you to know how good your heavenly father is. We've got a good, good father and he wants you to know that. He said, I want you to understand how deep his love is, how wide his love is, how high his love is. He's a great God. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do Far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Oh man, that's a strong one there. He's able to do more than you can imagine. According to the power at work within us. How's it work within us? Because we become joint heirs. We've got the Spirit of God within us. us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all. God is so awesome. that if, if Paul would just stuck to business. He had to start. Talking about how we live. It's great to have a great daddy. It's good to have a heavenly father. But then he has to get and talk about how we need to live together in unity. We could say, I want to show you how you have peace in the family. I know none of you have ever had this, but I've heard there's some families that have some opposition and obstacles. That they didn't always live in perfect ha- harmony. I think you understand I'm being facetious. The reality is we all are different and we have differences of opinion. And you say, that's not going to happen. We're not going to be at peace. Well, it would if we follow the Father's blueprint. See, he gives us a blueprint. Chapter 4. I therefore urge a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a worthy manner, excuse me, a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. We could probably camp out there for a week. Bearing together with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as we call to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and there's that word, Father. Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. How in the world can that be? Only one way. God's grace. God's unmerited, undeserved favor. Unmerited. But grace was given to each one of us 
According to how good you were. According to the measure of Christ's gift. According to how much Christ had. I won't tell you. I've been around a few, not, none of them are here today. But I've been a, around a few folks in my life that pushed my grace button as far as they could get it. But God says, according to his grace, not how much I could give, but how much grace, what he could give, according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, God has given us those things. Now, this is where it all started as I was reading this scripture right here last week. When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. Now, there's a lot of different thoughts on that process. But the best that I can figure out is when Jesus descended was when he came from heaven to earth. I know there's thoughts of him while he was in, in the grave preaching to the saints and different things. But how many knows that he left heaven to descend to this cesspool we call earth for the purpose of allowing us to be adopted by God? He came to this earth, showed his love to us. He descended into the lower region, the earth. He who descended is the one who has ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. We know that's Jesus. So Jesus came to this earth. He came to this earth to enable us to be adopted into the family. To be adopted into the family. Jesus was in heaven. The earth was in the need of a Savior. And if it had been me, I'm not saying I'm Jesus, but if it had been me, God turned to us and said, would you go down there and die so Gator can be adopted? I'd say, no way. Huh? Now some of you real spiritual ones, you wouldn't either. I told him in the, in the first service this morning that uh, uh, there was a movie that was very, very popular a number of years ago. And it was one of those, I think it was, uh, it, it's called Coming to America. I don't think I ever watched it all the way through. But there was one scene that I really liked. Right near the end, when they just got married, and the bride asked the groom, said, would you have forsaken all of this? And denounced it for me. He said, yeah, do you want me to? And her response was, nah. <laughs> Jesus could have done that. But he renounced his kingdom. Left it all. Descended to this earth. Walked into this 
adoption agency we call Earth and said to his father, I'll take them all. I'll die for all of them so every one of them can become a child of God. Jesus left it all. Why? Why did he make do that? So that it would become possible that you and you and you could be adopted into the family. So that he could become my heavenly father. So that I could call him father. Then God tells us he gives gifts to the church. Apostles, pastors, preachers. And I know some of you say, well, boy, that wasn't a great gift. You usually get what you deserve. Just saying. So let's begin at verse 11 of that chapter, chapter 4. And he gave apostles, prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human craftiness or cunning, rather speaking the truth in love, we are now grow up into every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which he is equipped, with every part is working properly, making the body grow so that it builds itself in love. Each part, each unit, each child of God. We do not get saved on our own or our own strength, and we cannot fulfill our ministry on our own. It goes back to that same phrase, but God. But God, our Father, our nourisher, our provider, our upholder, but God. But God. Sing that old course, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I'm glad I'm part of the tribe. I'm glad I'm part of the family. I'm glad I've been adopted. And you may not want to claim me, but listen, if you're a child of God, you're stuck. We're all joint heirs. And you say, well, I don't know about that. Well, listen, if you don't get along with me now, you've got to spend eternity with me. You better learn. Huh? You better learn because he is our nurture, our provider, our God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I'm glad I'm part of the tribe. But there's always room for others. Why? Because the old hymn says there's room at the cross for you. The invitation's still there. Jesus made it. As the worship team's coming, I'll close reminding you of an old song that Bill Gaither wrote, primarily to children, but I think it's apropos for today. Jesus, I heard you had a big house, big house with plenty of room to go around, plenty of food at the table, plenty of, why? Because we've got a Good, good, good father. And if you're a child of God, folks, if, you, if, if that doesn't excite you, to know that your father loved you so much that he let Jesus die for your sins so that we could be joint heirs with him and receive that inheritance of being a joiner with Jesus.
You may need to just get along with God and ask Him to reveal Himself to you. But if you are not a Christian, you're not a child of God, then I encourage you to accept the invitation. Come unto me. I want to adopt you. I want to adopt you. Father, we thank you. I thank you that you're my heavenly Father. I don't deserve that love. I don't deserve your peace. I don't deserve your grace. I'm glad that you looked at me and said, I want you. God, I'm so thankful that as a young child, I I received and responded to that invitation. So all of my life, I've had a heavenly Father that loves me. I've not been perfect. You well know, Father. But I know that you love me, taking care of me. You're supplying my need. I can come to you boldly say, Daddy, I need something from you. So, Father, I ask you to minister to these, your people today, as we thank you for being a good, good Father. I ask you to minister by your power and your spirit. Today, if you've never received Jesus, still giving the invitation, saying, come. I want to adopt you. I know some of you are like me. You say, well, I don't have much to offer, but I want to tell you something. God says, I see something in you. I'll take you just the way that you are because I've got a masterpiece I want to make out of you. I've got something I want to do with your life. You were created for this. So if you've never made that decision, I encourage you to do it today. And if you're a child of God and you've kind of drifted away and you say, I'd like to just recommit myself to my Heavenly Father, you feel free to join that altar call today and just respond as the invitation is there. And if you're a child of God and you're appreciative of what God has done for you, appreciate His love and His peace and His grace that He's extended to you, you need to be praising the God with us today as we sing this song. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.